following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday. I had to think about it for a second. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this signing day, early signing day in college football. It's been a busy, busy day in college football. It's been a busy day here on the Plains for Auburn and Hugh Freeze, where they have been doing work. We know they've been putting in the time and effort it's over the last impressive. few weeks. And it's today, today has been impressive we're going to break it all down here on the show Uh, we're going to talk about it all day long so we'd love to hear from you phone lines are open 334-321-1390 you know the drill anything on your mind that you want to talk about when it comes to recruiting uh, surprises that Auburn may have gotten or didn't get Uh, if you're impressed if you're not impressed we'd love to hear from you and why 334-321-1390 we're going to talk about it all day today Uh, at 2.30 we're going to have the interview with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. I talked to him yesterday. Uh, He's busy with recruiting stuff in Georgia basketball today, so he was uh, good enough to give us his time yesterday. Uh, So I interviewed him and talked to him about everything yesterday. I saw him, or I saw a picture that he posted on Twitter of um, Brock Bowers doing his press conference. Yes. Brock Bowers is the most plain-looking dude ever. It, it, like, it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we'll have the interview at 2.30 with Jordan Hill talking Georgia recruiting, talking the playoff games, basketball, all that good stuff. And then the rest of the show, we're going to be talking football recruiting and what this means for Auburn. We'll break down the guys they've gotten, uh, break down some of the guys they missed out on, and all of that good stuff. So we are talking about that all day today. And again, we'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind? What are your thoughts on the recruiting class so far where it is now a top 20 class? We'd love to hear from you and what you have to say about it. 334-321-1390. Carter, you just got back from Hugh Freeze's press conference. You went over there and represented ESPN yep. 106.7 and on the line. So before we get into... Bill Cameron was there as oh, well. Oh, Bill was as well. Excellent. Good deal. So we were represented very well over at Hugh Freeze's press conference today. So before we get into the individuals of this class and get into the guys Auburn has and the guys Auburn didn't get... What did Hugh Freeze have to say for the people that didn't get to catch it? Because I don't think it was broadcasted anywhere. Uh, I think so it was on the Watch ESPN app. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Because gotcha. I saw a link for that at one point. Uh, it'll be up on YouTube. And right, and if we get if we can get it in time, maybe play some audio in the second hour if they post it early enough, we may be able to grab some. Uh, but for people that didn't hear it, don't know what he had to say, weren't following along on Twitter like I was, what did Hugh Freeze have to say about signing day today? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, he he basically said that look, this this class came together. They had a short window, and they went and basically busted their butts, and they went and got some some good players. He he ran down the list of commits, the the two most notable additions of the day, um, Kai and Lee, 
the four-star corner that was committed to Ohio State to start the day flipped to Auburn, and Keldrick Falk, the four-star defensive end that was committed to FSU, flipping to Auburn as well. Uh, how about that? A couple big wins. A couple big wins for guys to stay closer to home um, against some big-name Power 5 schools, one of which is the playoff team. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean – and he he credited his staff for for the effort that that they put out on the, on the trail. Um, it was look. I mean, not everything went perfect today, and I think he knows that. Uh, I mean, there was a vague acknowledgement uh, at the very beginning of the press conference about like information getting out there potentially, uh, and him not loving the timing of that. But you know, all in all, it's a good day for Auburn because they got better. You've seen them go from, I mean, he said like 62, 63 in the team rankings all the way to, depending on where you look, anywhere from 19 to 16. How about that? Mm -hmm. That's impressive to see how much this class has improved. He did acknowledge that, look, they may not have closed the gap on the, um, I, I, the big guys, as he phrased it, I believe that was his exact quote. The big guys out there that they're gonna that this team is gonna have to go beat. But this time next year, he said we're gonna hope to be right there mm-hmm. with them. And I think that's what's important to realize today is Auburn. Auburn closed the gap for themselves. Maybe not. Obviously, you see what Alabama did today. Uh, They got the two big Carver guys, right? Smith and and Russo. We figured that was the case. Auburn made a push for those guys, but Auburn was not able to get them. They both commit to Alabama, and you see how uh, Nick Saban has yet again pulled uh, a top class and one of the best in, in the history of college football. But Auburn's concern was not... Let's see how close we can get to Alabama in this three-week period. Hugh Freeze and Auburn were worried about, we're in the 60s in recruiting. Let's try to get this thing to where we can at least compete in the SEC. Because this past year, you saw Auburn didn't really compete in the SEC a whole lot. They did in some games and, and more games than, and, than others, right? But this was about Auburn getting back to okay, Auburn's a legitimate threat to win some games and win some guys in recruiting. And I think Hugh Freeze and this staff did just that. They pulled it from the 60s to a top 20 class, and I don't think they're done. I think there's a couple of other guys that Auburn is looking to sign on this 2023 class. And so I think it's nothing short of impressive. I think you could see that they were putting in the work on the trail. Uh, You heard Hugh Freeze talk about how He rarely had a day off in the past three weeks from the recruiting trail because he knew just how important it was to get out on it and and win some guys over. And the term Mary Flipness, right, where you had guys flipping left and right today, that is a huge sign for Auburn as well. Eight flips? In these last two weeks, which is crazy, which is and two, think about two and a half weeks, really. Yeah, think about how hard it is to flip somebody from a commitment to one school to a commitment to your school. When they're committed, that means they're ready to go. Like they they want to go play at this certain school. You step in the door and you convince them that your school is better than the one they've already thought they want to go to. I mean, just think about how tough of a job that is. And Auburn did that with some big names today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing this this Auburn uh staff, it's paying off massive dividends what they've done. Uh and the fact that I don't I mean, Hugh, he stressed this. 
He stressed it in the presser that they're not done. They may not be done today. I mean, he he said they're still looking to add. Um, And certainly through the transfer portal, he talked about how vital that is. He cited the offensive line, interior defensive line, and linebackers as big portal focuses. But this, I mean, this... The effort by this staff in a short amount of a time, amount of time to to get this class into the top twenty, in some places into the top sixteen, has been nothing short of remarkable. They continue to do uh, great work. Meanwhile, I don't know if you've kept an eye on this. Have you seen what's going on in Oxford? Not a whole lot. They're hemorrhaging. They're losing guys left and right. Mm-hmm. You had Isavian Miller. You had a four-star D end. You had a four-star quarterback. They're down to 11 commits. All, and the 247 rankings down to the 49th class in America. 49th. Ahead they of were, Duke behind Stanford. They were Stanford. at 32 to start the day. Yep. They're yep. falling apart. And Auburn, according to 247, is 19, right? So Auburn is done extremely extremely well eight four stars 11 three stars so that puts them at 19 total commits as of right now and you look at the class I mean there are guys that are just extremely extremely talented I think the biggest one today was Keldrick Falk I think that's got to be the biggest win for Auburn today is the four-star defensive lineman Kendrick uh, Keldrick Falk excuse me 6'5 240 is what he's listed on 247 that is a guy that is a difference maker for this Auburn defense somebody you will see make instant impact immediately I mean immediately when he steps on campus I think Keldrick Falk is a huge win today I think Kalen Lee flipping from Ohio State is a big win today you just flipped a guy like you said you flipped a guy who was committed to a college football playoff team to a coach in Ryan Day that has pulled top five classes since he's been there Ohio State that pulls top five top Uh 10 classes consistently now did you see his comments today I did not he made a comment about uh, guys flipping because obviously Kalen Lee's a big one that flipped. And he basically had a quote that was saying, you know, there used to be a time where once a guy committed to a school that the other schools would back off. But that's I guess that's not the case anymore. We just have no, to adapt. It hasn't been the, that that hasn't been the case. in right. Probably. 20 but he years. said that now they have to adapt. And it's like, so are you telling me They're that? Ohio's, yeah. You're telling me the Ohio State hasn't been talking way, to kids. I don't know if you've been keeping track of this. Probably no school has been just dominating the day quite like Oregon. Oh, they've they've killed it. Oregon they've killed landed back to back five stars within ten minutes of each other. Yeah, one of them, DJU's little brother. Yep. How about that? Yeah, I was not I was not expecting him to go to Oregon. I'll be honest with you. And yeah, Oregon has absolutely killed it today. Uh, Auburn has done really really well today. Um, I think obviously uh, Alabama has done well today. A and M has pulled in some guys today. They are up to eighteen commits with two five stars, ten four stars, and six three stars. Uh, Penn State quietly having a good day. Uh, Notre Dame quietly. Miami really having a good day. Miami's up to number three in the country right now with 25 total commits three five stars 13 four stars and eight three stars Miami and Mario Cristobal having a heck of a day in recruiting right yeah, now how about that with the fact that that team's a dumpster fire they're really really bad they were one of the worst Miami teams I've seen in my lifetime this year 
But they have the number three class. You want to know why? Because they've got money to burn. Because they've got somebody with a boatload, a reservoir of NIL money, and he's just handing it out like it's Halloween candy. Here's what I find interesting. You look at George's class, the number two class in the country. They have 25 total commits, right? One five-star, 24 stars, and four three-stars. That is ridiculous. That is unbelievable. They have only one five-star, but they have 20 four stars. But then you look at Alabama, who has six five-stars. Six five-stars, 24 stars, and one, one Three star, which is the that's the difference. I mean, that's the difference right now. How much does that kid think he sucks? I don't know. I bet he's okay. <laughs> I bet he's feeling okay. He's like, well, I may be a little out talented, but at least I'm a, going to play for Nick Saban in I Alabama. Am the worst player here. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably a kicker. Yeah, something does not belong. <laughs> yep, it's but a kicker. It's a is kicker. it really? Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that's shocker. so perfect. That is so funny. But again, looking at Auburn today, we'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on Auburn's commits in this 2023 class here on early signing day. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I think again you look at here are the guys that have signed their letter of intent they've signed they're coming right these guys will be playing for Auburn Keldrick Falk Darren Reed Kayan Lee Sylvester Smith Terrence Love Wilkie Denod Clay what uh, Clay Whedon excuse me Braden Joyner uh, Dequavius Sori Connor Liu which was a huge get by the way Colton Hood, uh, Xavion Miller, J.C. Hart, Tyler Johnson, Brenton Williams, Stephen Johnson, and Hank Brown. And then you have you have two hard commits. There's, these guys are not signing. We know Jeremiah Cobb is not signing until February, so he will sign on the actual National Signing Day. And then uh, Quintrail Jamison Travis, who is the uh, transfer he is not technically signed with Auburn yet, plus the two transfers, Elijah McAllister and Rivaldo Fairweather. So Auburn's got some big names in there, and I think, you know, you look at the four stars, Clay Whedon, Wilkie Denied. By the Denied. way, uh, Quintrail, uh, Jameson Travis, nicknamed Bobby, by the way. Yeah. He has signed. He has? Like 40, okay. 49 okay. minutes ago. Okay, excellent. Well, then there you go. So he has signed then, and I'm pretty sure Elijah McAllister signed too, right? Like I'm pretty sure he signed. Uh, I don't think he had he officially has to sign anything since he's transferring. Uh, I think he can just kind of show up. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You're just transferring, so you just got to do that paperwork. So again, Auburn's got some big guys on here, and they've got, I just can't express enough. They've gone from sixty something to top twenty in a matter of three weeks. Three weeks, like the the dedication that it took for Hugh Freeze to come in and do that is unbelievable so they they had a whole graphic for McAllister signing I don't know if he actually signs anything um he might I mean I guess so it might be so like signing the financial aid papers (laughs) he signed something though yeah gotcha okay well again I think there's a there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to break down here. We'll go ahead and take an early break. We'll come back. We'll have question of the day. Start breaking down these guys in this 2023 class. Later on, we'll have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. And we're breaking down this Auburn recruiting class. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More of the Wednesday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. Hey, guys. Hey, guys, that was a, I'm not certain how it works here with junior college guys, but there was a couple of um, excuse me, offensive linemen. One went out to visit uh, Colorado, and one was committed to Ole Miss. What is the latest with them? Can y'all tell me? So, Isaiah Miller, I know, is committed to Auburn. I think he signed with Auburn today. Uh, Isaiah Jada uh, signed with Colorado today. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, you, that you, me you, you split one, I think the better of the two ended up at Auburn. Mm-hmm. That that concerned me when I saw him going out to Colorado because I like Dion, Dion, Dion. He's gonna he's gonna get guys. Oh, he's yeah, he's gonna gonna get guys. guys, But it's I mean, for the first time, we're actually gonna learn how good of a coach Dion Sanders is. Right, and it's nice to be actually addressing Auburn's needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's nice to look at the list right here and see, you know, offensive line, offensive line, offensive tackle, defensive line. I mean, it's it's nice to look up and down the list, Terry. Uh, they've signed more in three weeks and then Gus Malzahn and Brian Arst in three years. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No doubt about hey, it. And, simple, and Auburn's not that. done. Auburn's not done. Hugh Freeze made a point of that in his press conference today. He said, look, we're going to go add a few more offensive linemen via the, the, the transfer portal. Then we're going to add on the, the, the defensive line and we're going to add at linebacker. Those are the priorities that he talked about. And just out of curiosity, guys, uh, where is Ole Miss ranked? Uh, and then the rankings. Uh, Lincoln has never been a real prominent recruiter. I don't know that he likes doing that. He kind of lets it recruit itself, quite honestly. So well, I wanted was... Hugh, um, Lane Kiffin over Hugh Freeze. Well, so so Terry, you I mean, when, depending on where you look at the in the rankings, sure. you've got well, let's say twenty four seven. You uh, well on two, on two four seven, <laughs> they're actually extremely low because we were we were talking about that earlier. They are all the way down at forty ninth. 49th. Wow. They are 32nd on on three. Uh, and they are, I'm trying to find them on on uh, Rivals. I actually have not found them yet. Wow. Well, one thing we've known they about. Are, they are 56th on Rivals. Wow. Well, one thing we know about Lane Kiffin is, look, he, he can recruit because of his name and he can get some guys because of his name. But Lane Kiffin prefers the transfer portal over recruiting. Well, he's having his high school guys get picked off by every school out there. They lost a defensive end to Maryland today. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's bad. SEC school getting a guy to flip to Maryland in football. I mean, mm, Auburn Auburn hasn't Auburn hasn't lost a kid to Maryland since Stephon Diggs. Mm. Well, <laughs> guys, I've, I've said this on your show, and I said it many times. That I think Lane Kiffin has a sight on the NFL eventually. Where he doesn't Absolutely. have to recruit because he like to recruit. I think he's going to be a, a Chargers coach or the next 40 hours coach. I don't know. There's just something about that that tells me that he's headed in that direction. Out in the, he wants to be out in the West Coast. Who knows? He could be um, the guy at Pete Carroll's replacement in Seattle. Could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, could be uh, uh, an NFL coach out on the West Coast, right? I, I definitely think that's where he wants to be because you don't have to recruit as a head coach in the NFL. And Lane Kiffin has shown he's not – He's not a huge recruiter. He's not a big fan of recruiting. But again, he does get guys. But he would not have done what Hugh Freeze did today. I can tell you that right now. You guys, how old was he when he got the Raiders job? Oh, he was like he thirty. Was, yeah, he was, was young. He, hang on, hang on. I, I, I will pull this up. He made curious. He, he was really young. I remember he that. Was oh, the he was youngest. Young. I think he was the youngest coach in NFL history at the Gosh, time. He's not even fifty years old now. He's forty-seven right now. He got the Raiders job. 15 years ago, so he's 32. Wow. 
Boy, that's a young head coach. <laughs> that's a lot You're of responsibility right. for a he 32-year-old. Had, he had guys in that locker room older than him. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Guys, I appreciate you. I'll take care. Have a good day. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the call, it, Terry. Terry. That is Terry joining us here on the phone lines. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. And it's interesting to look at it, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? That's easy to say. And it's easy to sit here and say, Hugh Freeze did a better job than Lane Kiffin would have done, but I think you can almost all agree that 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 is the case, that sure, if Lane Kiffin would have taken the Auburn job and gotten the Auburn job like a lot of people wanted, sure, he could have pulled some big names and he would have recruited a little bit and he would have pulled Auburn out of the 60s, there's no doubt. Would he have done what Hugh Freeze and his staff have done in the last three weeks and put Auburn in the top 20 and not yet done? No. No shot. There's no. no shot, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, this staff, the effort, the effort, cannot emphasize that enough. This staff had two and a half weeks to salvage a class. Rebuild. And they are doing an admirable job. Admirable job. They are. It's been impressive. Uh, I've been nothing short of, of just amazed at... The they've had to build relationships in two weeks that other schools have had years to build. Yeah. And they've had to they've been able to flip guys all over the place. I mean, on two four seven, they're the number eight class in the SEC, which I know everybody's like, oh well, Gus Malzahn had us higher than that. Okay, cool. Gus Malzahn also didn't have two weeks to piece together a class. Number seven on on three. Uh, and then I'm going to pull up the the um, rankings on rivals just to to compare here on rivals number seven class. So you're a top, you're a top half of the SEC class here, and you've only been on campus for two and a half weeks. Right, but I think, and we talk about this a lot, how tough it is to be successful in the SEC. Schools in the Big Ten, in the Big Twelve, in the Pac-12, in the ACC. When they pull a top 20 class, they're top two, top three in their conference. In the SEC, when you pull a top 20 class, you're lucky to be in the top half of the conference. That's the difference between the Southeastern Conference and every other conference in college football. Because that's what makes it so tough. Because you go out and you recruit and you do all the work and you think you're doing good and you look at it from the from a broad perspective of, oh, wow, we have a top 20 class in the entire country. That's awesome. But you're number eight in the country. And I'm not saying Keep this to mind, dog on Auburn. I'm just saying Auburn's, this is Auburn's not done. Right. There are you have Tyler Scott, I believe, is signing today and then announcing on January seventh. So could be some some time to wait there. Right. But and again, I'm not saying that to dog Auburn like, oh, wow, top 20. That's not good enough. Keep doing. You got to keep going. I'm saying just on a year to year basis. This is how tough it is to be successful in the SEC because, again, you pull a top 20 class in the entire country, but yet you're lucky to be in the top half of the SEC. So that's what makes it so tough, especially when Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Arkansas at times. I mean, Florida, those schools are are piling up recruits and getting big names and putting together top 10 classes. It's tough to do. And that's what makes it remarkable about what Hugh Freeze has done in this short amount of time. They were, what, 13th in recruiting in the SEC at one point. Now they're 8th and they're still not done? Yeah. That's yeah. a big, big thing to me. 
I mean, there's there's Tyler Scott out there. I don't know who else is out there, but I know the staff is um, one working on this current on today. They're working on getting people today, and then they'll probably take the next couple weeks to reevaluate um, to figure out what they need to address and then attack that when they can get back on the trail in January. That's something Hugh talked about. And hey, let's be honest. It's not the worst thing of all time that Auburn gets to 100% focus on recruiting while some schools are going through bowl practice, dealing with all that, a little distracted. Auburn should be able to piece together a plan of attack and leverage the transfer portal and leverage this second signing day. Right, which is where attention has to go. further climb up these rankings. Right, which is where the attention has to go with the last little wave of recruits that have to sign between what you have today, tomorrow, and Friday. You have this three-day period, and then there's the dead period, and then you've got February. You also have the transfer portal. That's still open. And I'm with you, partner. I think Auburn not being at a bowl game is huge right now with this new staff because they get to just buckle down, hit the road, and do what they got to do to find and plug the holes with anybody that they can and now they've got some time to do it auburn has a great day recruiting and they don't think they're done yet when we come back we'll have audio from jordan hill of dogs 247 talking all things georgia as they get ready for the college football playoff you are on the line with jacob goetz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob, go with Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Well, yesterday I had the chance to sit down with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He normally joins us at this time on Wednesdays, uh, but he is all wrapped up with Georgia recruiting and signing day and also Georgia basketball as they're playing right now as well. So uh, not able to get him on live, but we were able to sit down and talk yesterday about Georgia's football recruiting, uh, Georgia as they get ready for the college football playoffs. Georgia basketball, all that good stuff as we normally do on Wednesday. So here is Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Joined by Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. Jordan, happy Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. I know it's a busy time with uh, with basketball going on, with recruiting going on for Georgia football. So we'll get into that with signing day here. And it's no longer the early signing day. It's just plain old signing day with the late signing day in February what has recruiting been like over the last couple of weeks for Kirby Smart and Georgia coming into this signing day for 2022? You know, it's really interesting. I mean, the the hay is kind of already in the barn for Georgia when it comes to signing day. They put together coming into Wednesday, 23 commits, looking to add a few more. But a lot of those guys have already been signed, sealed, delivered. You know, last couple of years, Georgia has really gotten into a situation where they have guys come early. Uh, even before that early enrollee, usually see in January. Um, last year, they had Michael Williams and Oscar Delp enroll early to where they could go through bowl practice. And they've had a number of guys, I think it's nine altogether in this 2023 cycle, who are already in Athens, who are already practicing. I mean, guys like A.J. Harris, Yazid Haynes, uh, some of the inside linebackers I've gotten that are really tout- highly touted. Um, so there's a lot of it has been really taken care of going into Wednesday. There's a few big names that they're still going after. Damon Wilson, 
from Venice, Florida, an edge rusher who I believe would be their top-rated recruit if he commits to Georgia is between him and Ohio State. And then also looking at a few other guys, K.J. Jones, who was an NC State commit. Uh, he was committed to play running back there, but they're looking at him at defensive back. Um, and uh, also Jordan Hall, a defensive lineman in Jacksonville. So uh, they've done a pretty good job. They got the number two class as far as 247 rankings go. Um, I don't think it'll be a very hectic day as far as things we didn't expect to see, but uh, there is room to add to this class for sure. Jordan, are there any guys on that have had been committed to Georgia for a while? We see it on, on teams all across the country. Those couple of guys that commit very, very early, and then they actively recruit as a high school player to get other guys to come to the program. Are there guys on this Georgia 2023 class that have been doing that for a long time? You know, there's been a few. I mean, one of the more interesting ones was Gabe Harris, who had transferred to IMG Academy. He'd really been in the ear of one of his teammates there, Samuel Mpemba. And Samuel uh, committed to Georgia uh, back uh, right after the SEC championship game, the day after that. You know, I think there has been some of that. Uh, but, you know, most of the time it seems like that really happens with your quarterback. You get a quarterback commit, and they're kind of leading the push. Georgia, as uh, crazy as it may sound, does not have a, a quarterback commit in this class and not expecting that to be the case. So, you know, there's been a few of those guys. You've seen guys on Twitter, um, you know, really pushing for guys and trying to get them to join up. But um, I tell you, it's been a little different in that, you know, again, usually you'll see the quarterback and some of the really highly touted guys uh, really being vocal about bringing guys in. Mm -hmm. And you brought up that Georgia is number two overall in recruiting in the 247 rankings. Any chance that they pull up to number one and take over Alabama as the top 2023 class? I think based on what we know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Georgia winds up number two. I think it would probably take Alabama missing on guys like Clay Russell and, and some of the guys that are still out there to get, maybe even losing guys like a Caleb Downs or Justice Haynes. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that Georgia is going to wind up with a number two class. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are going to be Georgia fans not thrilled about that, but the number two class in the country you're kind of you're kind of splitting the hairs if you're complaining on that front for sure yeah i think there's some people in auburn that would be mightily okay with the number two recruiting class in the country right now but uh we'll we'll see how it goes talking with jordan hill of dogs 247 obviously the thing that goes right in line with high school recruiting is the transfer portal and we've seen it over the past couple of weeks since it opened on december 5th it's been absolutely wild of guys entering the portal there's still tons of guys to enter the portal with bowl season as it continues to go on where does georgia stand when it comes to guys transferring in guys transferring out of the program so far as far as transferring out georgia's only had one guy go in the portal that was dan norton a defensive lineman and on sunday he announced he's transferring to arizona so at this point he's the only guy that has left uh, i think we'll probably see more of that once the playoff run ends for georgia whether that's in the Peach Bowl or after the national title game. And I don't think anything crazy, probably just reserve guys, guys looking for bigger roles elsewhere. As far as trying to bring guys in, they've been pretty active, really trying to get receiver. I've been after Rara Thomas, a guy that I think Auburn fans know as well. Mm -hmm. I can be in a Mississippi State transfer and Hugh Freeze and those guys going after him. Uh, they've also, uh, offered uh, Dominic Lovett uh, out of Missouri, a guy that made a lot of plays against Georgia this year. Uh, Dante Stephus, a wide receiver from Kent State, another guy that Georgia has seen. Um, and then other than that, uh, Smoke Bowie uh, from Texas A&M who went in the portal. 
uh, they are looking at him. He's a guy Georgia was really heavy on when he was coming out of high school. And uh, Bainbridge, Georgia native, which is also where Kirby Smart's from, uh, he decided to go to Texas A&M, was only there a year, and decided to go back in the portal. And then kind of the big name that Georgia fans are going to be watching is Travis Hunter. Uh, you know, he goes in the portal from Jackson State. Georgia was really heavy on him. Coming out of high school, he decides uh, to go uh, with Dion to Jackson State. Uh, you know, the, the prevalent thought is he'll follow Dion to Colorado, but it sounds like there is uh, a real push from Georgia to try to get involved there. So uh, I don't think we'll get an answer really on any of those guys, probably right away, probably not this week. But uh, Georgia's definitely got uh, some lines in the water when it comes to the transfer portal and going to try to shore up a few positions by adding guys that way. And Jordan, you talk about only one guy transferring out so far because of Georgia obviously being in the college football playoff. Are you surprised that only the one guy has transferred out? Or are you kind of confident and knew this was going to be the case that guys were going to hang around and compete for the playoff? No, you know, I am surprised because I thought that we would see, you know, maybe some reserve offensive linemen, guys that weren't really going to factor in even if there were injuries, guys that, you know, a little bit farther down on the depth chart. I figured we'd probably see six or seven guys, and, you know, for whatever reason, those guys have decided to stay, and maybe that was a case where Kirby Smart talked to his team and said, look, you know, we'll make sure uh, the guys who, you know, we think or we know are going to leave, we'll make sure you're taken care of because it's a gamble. You know, if these guys have made up their mind that they're leaving – a lot of these spots that maybe they would have got looks at are going to be filled. Um, so it, it's definitely something that kind of surprised me. And uh, I do hope that it, it pays off for those guys just because if they have decided they're moving on, you know, we know how wild the portal gets and there's only so many opportunities elsewhere. Uh, just hope for those guys it does wind up working out and uh, that they, if they are leaving Georgia, that they are able to find a place to go play. Speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. We don't have a show next week, so we won't have a chance to talk to you between now and then about the playoff semifinal. So we'll go ahead and get into that. Of course, Georgia is the number one seed in this year's college football playoff. They'll play in the second semifinal game after TCU and Michigan play 3 o'clock on New Year's Eve on ESPN. Georgia has Ohio State 7 o'clock New Year's Eve on ESPN. The Dogs favored by six and a half. Jordan, the total here is 62 and a half points. That's so much for a Georgia defense that has played really, really well. What is your, just your breakdown of this matchup with Ohio State on New Year's Eve? For me, there are really two keys to this game and two keys that I think Ohio State has to win to even have a chance to win this game. And the first is attacking Georgia's secondary. I mean, LSU showed that it could be done. 502 passing yards in that SEC championship game, and a lot of those coming from the backup here at Nussmeyer. Uh, you know, I thought there were real issues with Keely Ringo and Malachi Starks, who's a true freshman who's played really solid throughout the year. Uh, they kind of had some miscommunications, and it led to some big plays. And, you know, we, we know C.J. Stroud and those uh, receivers led by Marvin Harrison Jr., they can make plays even without Jackson Smith and Jigba, and also missing their second-leading rusher. I mean, that is going to hurt Ohio State. Uh, but the uh, the blueprint's sort of there for them to be able to make plays, and I'm curious to see if they're able to do that. And then uh, it's kind of a, a basic uh, second um, factor in my mind, but it's physicality. Ohio State has to match Georgia's physicality, and quite frankly, Jacob, I'm not convinced they can. Uh, you know, just seeing how Jalen Carter has been playing the last few games, literally picking up Jaden Daniels in that SEC title <laughs> game. 
uh, it's imperative that Ohio State just matches that physicality because if not, you know, I, I do think this will be an Ohio State uh, fan base that travels for this game, but there's going to be more Georgia fans there. I mean, it's, it's practically in their backyard. Uh, so I'm really interested to see if they're able to, to go blow for blow with Georgia just because I'm not convinced that it will take them doing it to convince me they're able to. Who is it for Georgia that has to play well on both sides of the football for them to win against Ohio State? Well, I think I'm really curious to see how they run the ball because they have been running the ball really well. I'm talking about Georgia. They've really closed strong when or probably middle of the season you had real questions about the run game. So I want to see if Kendall Milton can keep it up. He's been playing arguably his best ball as a Bulldog the last few games. And Kenny McIntosh has been the lead back. I expect to see him continue and make him plays. And catching the ball out of the backfield because he is such a dangerous receiver. On the other side, I think it's the defensive lineman alongside Jalen Carter. I have no doubts about Jalen, but they've got to get consistent pressure. And even, uh, you know, we've seen them turn the corner when it comes to bringing pressure and and doing a better job than they did early in the year. Uh, But this is crunch time, and and C.J. Stroud can make you pay. I think that Georgia understands that. Uh, they have got to be able to get after him and, and have guys like Tramel Walthour, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson. Those guys have got to be able to get pressure and uh, put a lot of pressure on CJ to make plays in order for Ohio State to keep up. I mentioned the total for this game, 62 and a half points. It seems high, but then like you brought up the SEC championship game where Georgia gave up a lot of yards. They gave up points late to LSU. We know Ohio State can score. Surely those things play into that total, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because when you say that number, I do go, man, but there was 80 points scored in that SEC championship game. And and like you pointed out, a lot of that was sort of in mop-up time and, and sort of just running the game down at the end. But, yeah, I mean, this Georgia defense showed in that game that, you know, it's not perfect. And uh, you get a, an offense with Ohio State's potential, we could see a lot of points in Mercedes-Benz State. A couple of years ago, the first year, actually, that's been almost eight years now, in the first college football playoff, we saw Ohio State come in as the four seed, taking on the big dog of the SEC, and they come in and win, and they eventually win the national championship. What do you think the message is from Kirby Smart to this Georgia team to not let them be on the wrong side of history? Well, you know, I think it helps that Kirby was on that Alabama staff, and it's a very similar situation where, you know, Alabama was a one seed, Ohio State was a four seed. They ran right down Alabama's throat and, and, you know, wound up winning that game. Uh, I do think that it helps Georgia's chances that they've had this long of a break to prepare for this game, to clean up some of the issues that were in that LSU game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kirby Smart's talking point has been that this is an Ohio State team that with really nothing to lose. I mean, a lot of people didn't expect them to make the playoff. Uh, Ryan Day talked about, you know, the week leading up to that conference championship weekend. You know, he's basically trying to keep guys focused, knowing, look, we, we're not out of this thing yet. You know, we've done ourselves sort of a disservice losing that Michigan game. You're kind of hoping for help elsewhere. Um, but, you know, just trying to keep everybody on track. And then, lo and behold, USC loses to Utah, and all of a sudden Ohio State's back in it. So uh, I think Ohio State has got nothing to lose in this game. Uh, they got a lot of potential to, to go out there and kind of play spoiler, and I'm sure Kirby Smart is well aware of that. And, of course, Georgia in the second semifinal game. The first one is TCU and Michigan. If Georgia were to take care of business against Ohio State, in your mind, Jordan, who is the favorable matchup for the Bulldogs in the championship game? 
You know, I think it would be all right either way. I would say TCU just because I do think Michigan is a superior team. But I think if they play Michigan, if that is what winds up happening, you know, I think it helps Georgia and that I think that the two teams share a lot in common, the way they want to play and the way they're able to play. But I just think that Georgia's got more talent. So I'd say if they had their choice, they'd probably rather play TCU. I think they're able to make more plays on that defense and could probably do a pretty good job of keeping them in check. But I, I do think really if they win this Ohio State game, they should be in fairly good shape as far as the matchups go in the national championship game. And Jordan, you knew I was going to make you do it. What are your thoughts and predictions for the fun, the final two games in the college football playoff before they get to the national championship game, your predictions for the semifinals? Yeah, I think that Georgia wins this one. I'm probably going to say something like 35-27. I think that Ohio State's going to make plays, but I just think Georgia's superior. And again, the physicality, I think that Georgia's going to have the advantage. And then I think it's Georgia-Michigan in the national title, sort of a rematch of that Orange Bowl last year. And I think Georgia gets it done. I think Georgia is able to to go back-to-back, which is so rare, especially in today's college football. But I think they got the talent on both sides to get it done. Well, luckily, we'll have a chance to talk to you before the national championship game, but definitely wanted to get your thoughts on the semifinals since we don't have a show next week. Let's get into basketball real quick before we let you get out of here. Georgia, eight and three. They've got two more games before they get to conference play. They play Chattanooga and then Ryder before opening up conference play with Auburn on Wednesday, January 4th. Georgia gets the win over Notre Dame, 77-62. What'd you see there? Yeah, really impressive. Definitely the best win of the Mike White era thus far. Uh, They've done a good job of kind of retooling their offense in recent weeks. They've kind of gone three-point heavy, and I think they understood that that wasn't really where their strengths were. Uh, Credit to Braylon Bridges and Matthew Alexander Moncrief. They combined for 15 of 15, did not miss a shot against Notre Dame, and a lot of that was around the basket and layups and things like that, but take what you can get and make uh, you know take advantage of what's working. So was really impressed with how they played, but they got to finish strong. And on Wednesday, they play a Chattanooga team that's really talented that I think could give them all they can handle. Um, so Georgia's looking pretty good right now, but knowing that Auburn game's coming up uh, before too long, they got to get ready for sure. In the next two games, does Georgia go two and zero before they start the Auburn game? I think so. I think that they can edge out uh, Chattanooga, and I do think that uh, they'll get the upper hand on Ryder. And go, they would go into that Auburn game ten and three if that was the case. And I would say that's a great way to close out twenty twenty two going into twenty twenty three. Jordan Hill of Dogs Two Four Seven. He joins us every Wednesday here on the show. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you, man. Yeah, uh, on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill and uh, at Twitter at Dogs Two Four Seven. So that was the interview I had yesterday with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We got to talk all things Georgia recruiting and Georgia as they prepare to play Ohio State in the college football semifinals. We appreciate his time every single week. Obviously, he's wrapped up with recruiting and basketball today, so we do appreciate his time yesterday. Let's get to our final break. We'll come back, wrap up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. 
Wrapping up our number one. We've only got about a minute or so. We <laughs> the interview went a little long, but that's okay. We just uh, had the interview with Jordan Hill. I talked to him yesterday from Dogs 247. We normally talk to him on Wednesdays. Obviously, he's busy today uh, with signing day and basketball and all that. Georgia basketball playing right now, so that's why he was not able to join gotcha. us live. But uh, he uh, had great things to say, obviously talking all things Georgia, talking their recruiting, talked the college football playoff semifinals, which uh, on Friday we're going to have to talk about that because we don't have shows next week man so we won't have a chance to talk about it between now and then so yeah. we'll have to predict and uh, talk about the playoff games on friday so a reminder on that no shows all next week so us or the drive we will not have shows monday through friday back, what january 3rd january 3rd yes that is correct on that tuesday i believe it's a tuesday tuesday the third will be back so Keep that in mind. No shows next week. So, yeah, Friday we'll talk about uh, the college football playoff semifinals, uh, and then we'll obviously talk about it when we come back. But Jordan thinks that Georgia will beat Ohio State by a touchdown. He also thinks they win the national championship, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But, hey, our number one's in the books. When our number two comes back, we'll talk all things Auburn football recruiting. We'll break down the guys that have signed. We'll break down some of the other guys that have gone other places. We'll break it all down in our number two. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well on this early signing day in college football. It's been a busy, busy day around the sport of college football. And Auburn has been uh, blessed with some big names, some big recruits. And you can see it in the rankings. Auburn has done extremely well today. Hope you're all doing well. I'm sure you've all been keeping up with it. We're going to talk about it here in our number two. But if you missed any of our number one be sure to go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or you can find it at espnau.com click on the podcast center you can find it commercial free right there Uh, auburn has 17 guys officially signed so far on their sent in their letter of intent Uh, auburn has jumped up from where he freeze quoted in the 60s all the way to the top 20 depending on where you look it's kind of if you know 19 17 16 somewhere in there but Auburn has jumped up to a top 20 class in 2023 and folks I don't think they're done but here in hour number two we're going to talk all about it break down the guys on the list talk about who Auburn got who Auburn missed we'll also have some audio we're going to play in just a second from Hugh Freeze's press conference so if you missed that uh, we'll talk and we'll listen to what he had to say and break that down as well so it's a busy hour number two here on on the line but phone lines are open if you'd like to call in give us your thoughts about Auburn's 2023 class here on 
early signing day. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Phone lines are open the entire second hour. So we're going to start with the audio from Hugh Freeze's press conference today, uh, his opening statement talking about the guys they signed, talking about all the coaches that were involved, and then we'll break it down when it's over. We'll talk more about these guys and break it down here through hour number two. So sit back, relax, and listen to Hugh Freeze talk today at his press conference about early signing day. So that's what Hugh Freeze had to say today at his press conference. That was at 1 o'clock. Carter, you were there uh, at the press conference representing and uh, got a question in. And uh, really good things that Hugh Freeze had to say. Obviously, running through all of the names that Auburn picked up today that signed, he uh, very subtly just dropped the linebackers coach that we had not heard yet. So yeah, that was that? that was interesting, huh? Yeah, you, you saw him uh, drop Josh, Josh Aldridge the new linebackers coach, just like very subtly listing off staff that had been hired. He's like, oh, wait, you didn't know that? (laughs) And he just kept going. And it was, and he just dropped the name and kept going like it was nothing. And I think everybody kind of like was like, wait a second. That hasn't been public yet. Right. Josh Aldridge. It was long assumed. He was just the interim head coach for Liberty's bowl game. What? Was that yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, last night. Yeah, so he was the D.C. there. He's the interim coach there in their bowl game last night. He is being brought in as Auburn's linebackers coach. So that's something that we learned in the press conference today. But Hugh Freeze talking really well about all the guys. He's You can tell that he is excited about the guys that Auburn is bringing in. Uh, you can tell that he went and truly met with them and their families. I mean, talking about their family members, talking about how the great food that they ate on their recruiting trips and and gave tons of credit to the support staff and the guys on the staff. Of course, uh, we know how big that Zach Etheridge was uh, to uh, how just how big Etheridge is to recruiting for Auburn and he Hugh Freeze gave credit where it's due, not just himself, but the staff around him that they went and got some absolute dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that this is a good starting point for this Auburn staff because you you generate, I think, enough excitement, uh, enough momentum, uh, enough of a foundation, which is what I asked Hugh Freeze about. I asked him. Given the short time period, the short window you had to to recruit, what kind of a foundation does this group uh, uh, form? And he said, "Look, that's that's part of the sales pitch to these guys. It was like, come be a part of the foundational group in this program that we're building, the stability that we are building." And he referenced that in his presser. He said that, "Look, like there is stability now at Auburn. There hasn't been, but there is now. Yeah, absolutely." Finally. And finally, and that's what that's what is so exciting about a day like today, where we knew the potential was high. Uh, we knew there there was a lot of guys that Auburn was going after. Uh, they didn't get them all, right? Obviously, you, you you didn't expect to get them all, but Auburn lost a couple of them that they wanted to get, but just couldn't quite get there. Uh, but when you look at it, Auburn has 17 guys that have signed already. Uh, you're right around the top 20 in recruiting right now, and. I just can't I can't get over the job that they've done so far. Is it where Auburn needs to be long term? Absolutely not. Right? Because I talked about back in the first hour how tough it is to be in the SEC where you recruit a top twenty class, but yet you're still number eight in your own conference. And that's what makes it so tough. So is top twenty good enough yep. for Auburn? 
No. But in this circumstance, in this year, in this environment right now, it's absolutely good enough. And so we'll get to our first break. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back. 334-321-1390. More of the Wednesday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. Hey, guys. Uh, I appreciate uh, listening to you and you taking my call. Of course. Uh, and everything. It, it's, uh, y- yeah, I think it, it's a – and we all – I mean, anybody should know Auburn would still be back in the 40s or 50s right yep. now if they Harson, you know and uh, I, you know I think he was scared to go after a guy that was committed but I, I think that Auburn has done a great job and he, I, I don't think you could expect it to be much better than what it was considering yeah, agreed. the circumstances. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Ed, I had given the I had given what a the a top twenty five expectation for Auburn fans, which I said was a little low, but a realistic expectation. And Hugh Freeze and Auburn have already exceeded that. So at this point, it's just it's just a uh, little whipped cream on top, if you're asking me. Yeah, and and, and we still got you know uh, a little ways to go. Yeah, and absolutely. I, 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 you know, uh, Bama's. I guess they've signed about 30 today. So, I mean, <laughs> numbers don't matter anymore. I mean, really, they have, haven't they? Oh, yeah, they've, they, they've signed they, quite a few. They're up to 25, right I now, think. now, I've got it 27. Okay, 27. So, they've signed a couple since we've been on the air. Yeah, and, you know, they've got a couple more coming in. It, it'll be, because they had, I think, 26 before, Bruce Holland-Smith and uh, one other guy they got today. But, in, anyway, uh, you, you know... I was just War Eagle. I, I'm really pleased with what they're Agreed. doing. I think, I, I think you know, it, and I, I, I do not think this was a one-time thing. I think that you know, and you could just listen to it, that press conference. The, the guy knows the guy, the the kids. He knows their families. Mm-hmm. He knows, you know, he's done this kind of thing. Uh, I, you know, that wouldn't happen with arson. You know, mm-hmm. remembering that the, a meal and all this. Right, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's the and, little things, I mean, Ed. That, and it's the it's those little things in recruiting mm-hmm. that make the difference, right? And it, it sounds silly yeah. at times, but it's those things that make a group. That's the difference between a good recruiter in the SEC and a great recruiter in the SEC. Uh, I, I agree 100%. And, and uh, y'all have a. Very Merry Christmas if I don't get to talk to you. And I hope you all have a good week off when you all are off. I've got a little puppy biting my toes right now. I'll, I'll see you all later. Appreciate, appreciate the call, Thank man. You. Merry Christmas to you. And we will definitely uh, enjoy the week off. It's always great to hear from you if we don't hear from you uh, before then. But, uh, yeah, he's right. I mean, it, Brian Harson never would have done this. Like there, you, Brian Harson in this year, if he would have been here, you could not have dreamed – of a top 20 class Ed was saying in the 50s I don't know if Auburn would have gone up in the recruiting rankings because 
Who in the world was going to come here? Because Brian Harson wasn't going to recruit him here. The only guy you were going to get was Braden Joyner, and he was committing to Auburn because he loves it, and he's here, and not because of Brian Harson. So I don't know if Auburn would have gone up in the recruiting rankings, to be completely honest with you, if Brian Harson was here. And you see the difference between when you have a guy that doesn't know how, doesn't care, doesn't want to recruit, versus a guy that, as the old saying goes, this isn't his first rodeo. He's been here before. He knows what he's doing. Hugh Freeze, he got here and recruited the the very first day he signed on the dotted line and so you see how it's paying off already and like ed said i agree this is not a one-time deal i think this is just the beginning now results have to come on the field development has to come within these recruits all of that is true but just looking at today on signing day getting guys to sign with your school this is a big big deal and lots of momentum can come from this for hugh freeze yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I I think that things are. Um, Hugh Hugh Freeze made reference to it. He said, "Look, when when they got here, they were far behind where they where Auburn should be mm-hmm. in recruiting, and uh, that's probably as close as you're going to get to a direct jab <laughs> from Hugh Freeze yeah. at Brian Harson. Yeah, uh, but what they did closing the gap significantly. Uh, to where they need to be, maybe not to the teams that, that they need to truly close the gap with. Um, it was impressive, and I think 2024 is when you're going to see a legitimate top 10 type Auburn class very well could because you're going to get an entire year to recruit right you're going to have results on the field where we think Hugh Freeze can get eight possibly nine wins seven at the minimum I would think for this upcoming football season and so those are the things that really give you hope and confidence going into 2024 and this is not a this is not us sitting here and trying to hype it up and make up something that's not existent where I'll be honest there were times we had to do that with Brian Harson in his era at Auburn where we had to try and make it sound a little bit better than it was because it was so bad at times in certain areas recruiting was one of those areas that's not the case with Hugh Freeze right now this is a good class he assigned there's no doubt about it we're not the only ones the city of Auburn the town of Auburn is not the only ones talking about how this is a good recruiting class the entire country's taking notice of Auburn in recruiting with Hugh Freeze here on the Plains. I can promise you that this is nothing made up. This is legit. And Auburn went and got some dudes in two and a half weeks. They pulled from the 60s all the way up to a top 20 class. And uh, we'll do, we got a couple of calls, right? We'll get to them after the break, if that's okay. We only got about a minute, so I don't want to cut anybody off. So yeah. We'll, we'll get some calls after the break. But I was talking while you were answering phones. I was saying, this is, there's nothing fake about this recruiting class. There's nothing that we're trying to, to fluff up or make better than it is. This is legit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this group, uh, I think you, you saw staff address the needs of the team as much as possible with this class and they're going to further do that in the transfer portal and I think it's going to uh, it's going to show the, its impact and and I'm I'm excited to to see what the future holds for Auburn football under the staff that showed incredible effort uh, especially compared to to the previous staff yeah uh, just by being out on the road and I mean Hugh Freeze talked about uh He's gonna he's gonna have to start his diet again because he's been out on the road eating, eating the uh, in home meal uh, in home visit meals. I mean that's this this staff is has been nothing short of impressive to me 
uh, like they had two weeks. They didn't have any connections, and they got in the door with a lot of guys. They did better than I think a lot of people could, and it's extremely impressive. We've got a couple of phone calls we'll get to when we come back. We're talking all things Auburn football recruiting here on Early Signing Day. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, talking all things Auburn football recruiting. We've got a couple of phone calls. They held through the break, so we will get to them starting with Todd. You're on the line, man. Welcome in. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're doing great, man. What you got? Good. Um... Couple of things I'd I'd love to, I haven't been able to follow the um, the rankings you mm-hmm. know today I've been busy but so I'm curious as to where a couple of the other Auburn football candidates um, that we didn't hire like Matt Rule and Dion for example that were on the list where are they doing as far as recruiting? Okay, uh, well okay I will I'll find it for you. Well Auburn is nineteen sixteen and I believe sixteen uh, okay. in the rankings right now. Nebraska on Rivals is 26. Uh, okay. On 247, they are 28. And then on 3, they are 31. Ole Miss on on 3 is 32. On uh-huh. 247, they are 48. And then on oh, Rivals, they are 56. Colorado, okay. give, give me a second on that one. It's going to take me a second. Colorado's to find 53 it. on 247. I've got them pulled up right okay. now. Okay. So give me a second while I try to find. They are 20, fi- 23, they're, is that what you said? Uh, 53. They are 65, oh, 65 on rivals. They are, I believe they are 53. They're 53 on 247. And then they're probably going to be lower than that on, on three. I'm loading it right now as we speak. They are 51. On huh. on three, so wow, that's, so that's all amazing. lower than Auburn, in that, significantly in that lower. I mean, the the closest is N- Nebraska, that's like eight to ten spots behind Auburn, depending on where where you look. I mean, maybe a little more than that in a couple couple places. Yeah, the other thing that really strikes me, I think, I think Freeze, like you, like you've been saying, and like everyone, I think he's done an amazing job. It reminds me. It reminds me of this when you look at the difference between Harson and Freeze. What what does everybody say? having any kind of success in business is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. You have to have relationships with people. You cannot come in and be an island. You cannot come in and not fit in. You cannot come in and not make any connections with coaches or with players or with anything that is whatever makes you successful in business. And this is such a classic example of it. Mm-hmm. No, there's absolutely 100. I, I I think I'm. I was curious because as you were talking about like coming in and building those re- relationships, when you talk just about new coaches at new new spots, the closest to Auburn, I believe, is Mississippi State. That's about seven to ten spots behind them in in every rankings. Uh, with with obviously Zach Arnett taking over there. Um, m- some places maybe Louisville, but it's regardless Auburn right now of the new coaches is doing the best of any team in the country 
Yeah, I mean, you have a great brand. So we almost all those schools that you mentioned, we're better than any of those brands, in my opinion, in football. And so you've got something to sell, right, if you just sort of break it down to that. You have a great, great product to sell. As, as Freeze himself said, he thinks it's a top 10 or 15 job in the country. I think we all would agree we're somewhere. Yep. We're probably somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, and so you have to build the relationships uh, and get and get people to buy in. And, and, and it sounds so simple, but you saw what happened when you had somebody come in and basically try to be an island and just say, right. I'm just going to do it this way, whatever way that was, however yeah. you would describe that. Wasn't interested in making a single relationship with anybody. And it's uh, it's really stark when you just see when you see what's happened. <laughs> right. And yeah, you, you absolutely. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, it doesn't sound hard. You're exactly right about that. Todd. It doesn't sound hard, right? Okay, go in and, and just talk to somebody. But it takes effort and it takes care and it takes loving what you do and knowing what it takes to be successful. And one guy didn't know and a new guy does. And I think that's what separates them. And that's why you're seeing this early success of Hugh Freeze with recruits, with the transfer portal. Again, there's a lot to be left uh, that's unseen as of right now with on-field performance, et cetera. But just looking at it as of today on early signing day, Hugh Freeze gets it. He knows what he's doing, and he built those relationships. And you're exactly right, Todd. Auburn's a top-10 job in the country. They recruit themselves, but you see it doesn't. It can't recruit everybody on its own. It takes somebody driving the bus to get this thing going. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that's got me really excited is you talk about you know, a lot of these pre- a lot of these early signing rankings and the rankings in general are, are such crapshoots. And you, obviously, you saw what happened with Texas A and M this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you have to have coaches who can coach those players up. And what excites me is that in all the positions that are important to football right now, which is defensive line, which is to a lesser degree linebackers, and of course, quarterback and wide receivers, we have a staff that has a really proven track record with those skill players. Agreed. <laughs> exciting yeah absolutely i mean i i think things are are in a really good spot i expect auburn to add a receivers coach here uh probably over the next few days i would imagine now that signing day is here and is going to pass today i would expect that to become the priority uh linebackers coach is in place uh i believe he's described as a rising star in the industry which i'm excited to see what that looks like over the next couple years but yeah i mean i think i think the staff's in place to to accomplish everything you need to accomplish at auburn right now I agree. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the time. Yeah, appreciate we appreciate it. your call, Ty. Appreciate you holding on through the break. We also appreciate Ty the Tiger holding on through the break. And, Nicole, you're on the line now, man. What's going on? What's going on, guys? How are you? Man, just just out at Best Buy and these other little, you know, finishing up the last little Santa, Santa pickups that Love we got to do. Right? That's right. Hey, you're a few days out. doesn't make it last minute just yet. That's right. That's right. Um so, all right, so let, let me just say this. I think, first, I think we are a little maybe too excited because uh, we've done so poorly in the past two years. We're just like, okay. oh, man, this is awesome. This is awesome, you know, um, which I'm not discrediting. I think, again, it's almost like I think we're so excited because I think we all realized where we were at some point. You know, at yep. some point you look yourself in the mirror, man, and you go, hey, you know, this, you know, we're 56 in the nation, you know, I mean, it's right. terrible. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, hey, we gotta fix this. And we did. We went and got a recruiter. I think he did an excellent job. 
Uh, but I still don't think it's where we need to be, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Everybody think, would, would, would agree two, with that. I think the two positions that I didn't see today that I wish I'd have saw maybe a little bit man, and, and look, we might have – the splashes might be coming. You know, as as uh, as Etheridge and Reed, as they all keep tweeting, we ain't done. We right? ain't done. That's right. <laughs> we ain't done yet. And I, and I believe so, it. I, and so – I'd, I'd like us to get a, be, a little bit better quarterback than we got today. Um, I know that guy was kind of committed to Hugh and, and probably would have followed him to the, to the NFL if, if, if he went in the NFL. I mean, it seems like, but um, and, and, you know, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I mean, obviously we're okay with Robbie. Um, you know, we don't talk a lot about Harold, and I think I think that's a disrespect to him. I think the kid's a baller, and he stuck it out. I think he'll be okay. I hope he doesn't hit the transfer portal or anything like that, but. Um, he might compete as well. Uh, second, wide receiver, man. I mean, we got w- one guy. One well, guy. Well, uh, so so something that is uh, interesting that was an, of note from Hughes' press conference. Yes, you have one official wide receiver commit, but J.C. Hart, when he talked about him, he said, I don't know if he's a wide receiver or a corner because he's that explosive with the ball in his hands. He's that dynamic. And he's going to be somebody that when he gets to campus, they're going to figure out which side of the ball he's going to play on. So you could have two two receiver commits there. I know that that's short right now. I think Auburn's focus is probably more on the portal for that. And I think getting a receivers coach in place will go a long way for that. As far as quarterback goes, I have zero issue with taking Hank Brown because you know he's going to be well coached because his high school coach was was uh, Trent Dilfer who's now obviously UAB's coach. Uh, Hugh, Hugh liked him at Liberty. He was committed to to Liberty before that. Uh, and you got to keep in mind, you got to think about the quarterback room coming into this, this spring as basically you have two guys in that room. And that's Robbie Ashford, Ashford and Holden Gurner. And those two, that's not enough. You need bodies, which is why going right. and getting a Hank Brown, I think, is important. I think Auburn's going to add at least one transfer quarterback. Uh, I think that that's a priority now going forward. Um, for me, rather than those two b- positions, I look to linebacker because the linebackers were not a strength of the, of the defense this past year. You added zero players today or in the transfer portal to this point the strength that you had they're gone now yes papo's gone you bring back cam riley you bring back wesley steiner you had robert woodyard win uh defensive scout team player of the year so maybe in year two for him he emerges as a guy but auburn's got to hit the transfer portal extremely hard at the linebacker position now you're in a position to to address that because your linebackers coach is in place as of today, because Hugh Freeze made that announcement at his press conference as well, Josh Aldridge is the new linebackers coach. Well, I do agree with you there. And, I, and, like, and like you were saying, um, it's a great job because what he did today was build the trenches. And, I mean, I saw a stat saying that Auburn hasn't signed four offensive linemen in one singular class since 2015 yeah yeah that's right today plus we added i think three transfers as well i know we lost the starter um but you know i think again i think we i think we we 
I just wish we would have got maybe one or two more skill players. Is maybe that's what I was kind of yeah. getting. And, at. That, and that's understandable, it's, right? Uh, that's understandable. Just, a, just, a, just some fast guys. Just a you know some Ontario McCaleb type. You know a Corey Grant type. You know something like that. I just I thought maybe we'd add an athlete or two. But you know, for three weeks on the job, I mean, can't complain, right? Can't complain. That's right. And man. like they say, we ain't done yet. That's so, right. I mean, so, Ty, and, is, and as, as far you, as running backs go, I think they're pretty happy in the high school ranks with Jeremiah Cobb. I think he's going to be a very dynamic player. And then Dylan Johnson, the Mississippi State transfer running back, right now appears to be uh, headed to Auburn. It's not announced, but but I think Auburn leads. And I think that's a great compliment to Jarquez Hunter, to, to Damari Austin, to to Jeremiah Cobb. Jeremiah Cobb didn't sign today. I think he's he's waiting. His school mm-hmm. has has their ceremony uh, in February, and he's going to do it then. But I don't think Auburn has anything to worry about there. I agree that Auburn needs to add skill position players, some athletes. I think all of that's going to come via the, the the transfer portal. You know that you're still in it with Rara Thomas. You're still in it with Deontay Thompson. Uh, there's going to be other names that emerge, and I think – uh, when you get that receivers coach in place, you're going to see several names emerge that, that either you didn't have access to, you didn't have an in with. I think you're, you're going to see several names emerge. Um, so what you're saying is we ain't done yet. We ain't yes, done yet. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> I, so just, and one last little thing, not to be the dead horse, but I just saw a quote from Falk. You know the guy, the kid we flipped from Florida State, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like it's like the kid wanted to come to Auburn the whole time. I mean, there was no, there was. I mean, he's not alone. Reason, he's not alone, Ty. There's a lot of kids like, like that in Auburn. Just Auburn like, by all you have to do is pay attention yes. and just offer the kids literally and act like you're gonna give them some playing. This time. is a historic class in the state of Alabama. One of the best class, maybe the best class in the history of this state. And there are a lot of kids that wanted to come to Auburn, and they just did not want to play for Brian Harson. And Hugh Freeze yep. had about two weeks to repair all the damage left in Brian Harson's wake. And so, so when you say when I say we did a good job, I agree with you, and I'm excited. I think we need to do better, but I do think we? that was the that was the best job today as far as what you did. Your last statement. Repairing the the relationships, getting back into getting back into the living rooms, getting back into the high school coaches' offices. Right, so, no doubt about I, it, man. I think that was the hugest. So, so, hey, man, Merry Christmas, to you guys. As always, we're Dan Eagles. Yeah, Merry Christmas Merry to you Christmas. as well, Ty. We appreciate you calling in, and uh, uh, we'll get to a break. I want to address what he said. We'll wrap up our comments talking about Auburn recruiting. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Been a great show today. Uh, lots of recap from Auburn signing day. Uh, we played a little bit of Hugh Freeze's press conference. We talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. We've talked a lot about all of that today. So if you missed any of it, be sure to go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get 
your podcast or you can go to espnau.com you'll find a commercial free right there right after the show today um i want to address a couple things that ty was saying before we went to break he was talking about how um he's impressed with what we've seen but he was looking for a couple of more skill guys right receivers running backs whatever right i agree right i think it's okay to sit back and look at this class and say yeah you wish there were a couple of more athletes or skilled players, right? But here's what I say to that. That's what the transfer portal's for right now. Hugh Freeze understood when he came into Auburn and he took a look at this roster and he said, oh my God, there's nobody on this line, on either offensive <laughs> or defensive line. Like, there's very, very little, I Being should say. Being as close to, to Gus Malzahn as he is, do you think he like reached out to Gus and was like, do what on earth? Yeah, WTF type of thing. Like, <laughs> send him a text. Be like, hey, man, question, what in the world did you do here? Like, that type of thing. Because he knew High coming in. offensive tackles exist, Gus. Yeah, exactly. So here's what's good about why, and the way that Hugh Freeze did it, right? Here's what's good about it. You look at the class for Auburn, there's a lot of trench guys. And here's why that's important. Because those guys on the offensive and defensive line Those are three- and four-year players, right? When you come in and you play on the defensive line and the offensive line coming out of high school and play college football, you're not a one-and-done. You're not going to play for two years and then go and bolt for the NFL and be a top-five draft pick, like a receiver, running back, or quarterback. These are guys that are recruited to play at Auburn and are going to be here for years to come and get better as they go and then go maybe play pro or whatever they want to do. But these are guys that are going to come in and be here for a few years. And that's what's important about this is they can build and be a part of that foundation that we've been talking about and make Auburn football better today, tomorrow, and for the future. And that's what's important. And now that's why Hugh Freeze focused on them so heavy in this recruiting class. And now what he's going to do is plug the holes with transfer portal guys at receiver, at other skill positions like that you've already seen him bring in a tight end in Rivaldo Fairweather who's going to be extremely good who already is extremely good that's what Hugh Freeze is going to do this year he went in and addressed the problems that Auburn had which were the offensive and defensive lines now he's going to go to the portal and fill the holes where they need to with the transfer portal and then we'll go from there and Ty was also saying how this is not good enough I agree long term, right? I think everybody would agree that a top 20 class is good, but it's not going to win you SEC championships and it's not going to win you national championships because Auburn's still eighth in the SEC. But for the circumstances that were given to him, for the class that he took over and the lack of relationships and recruiting that was before Hugh Freeze, you couldn't ask for anything better. And the good thing is, Carter, they're not done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we're going to see things very much gear up on, on okay, who can we get in the portal to fill certain holes, to be able to field a competitive roster in 23, and then you're going to see all attention turn to 24, and that's when it's going to get really, really fun. Because this 24 class in the state of Alabama is pretty good. It's pre- it's pretty stout. And and I think uh, the 
The 25 class is very deep as well. You're going to start to see Auburn climb its way up these recruiting rankings going forward because if nothing else off pure effort alone for an entire cycle oh yeah i mean there's no doubt that in an entire year of what hugh freeze is going to be able to do with his staff it's going to be impressive now again there's still a lot of things that are left to be seen performance on the field development of players treatment of players those i'm not saying those are in question but we have not seen those yet here at auburn so that's okay to sit back and wait to see what that's going to look like but we had two and a half weeks to watch what hugh freeze and his staff were going to do in recruiting and they knocked it out of the park because they put in umph amount of effort more than anybody has in a really long time recruiting here at auburn and it's paying off it's not where it needs to be but this is a really, really good so start. There are 24 or five stars in the state of Alabama for the 2024 class. Auburn's going to land a lot more of those than they did in this cycle. This cycle was historically great in the state of Alabama, and Auburn's going to make a much bigger impact in the next one. And that you know, class is going to beat this class. And you know why? Because Auburn's actually going to know who they are and even reach out to them. Isn't yeah. that a mind-blowing thing I mean, Auburn, to Auburn talk got about? Three, four, or five stars, four stars in this. Hugh Freeze knocked it out of the park. We'll talk more about it tomorrow on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.